All right, let's get into the Word today. If you've got your Bibles, you can open them up to Luke chapter 16. And I'm going to read actually from the New Living Translation. So um, you can just read along in whatever version you have. And if you want to follow along on the screen, we'll have the New Living Translation up there. But this is a parable uh, that Jesus is giving. We're going to read through verses 1 and through 12. It starts out, Jesus told the story to his disciples that there was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. And one day a report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money. So the employer called him in and said, what is this that I hear about you? Get your report in order because you're going to be fired. And the manager thought to himself, now what? My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches and I'm too proud to beg. Ah, I know how to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I am fired. So he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe him? And the man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. So the manager told him, take that bill, quickly change it to 400 gallons. And how much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man. I owe him a thousand bushels of wheat, was the reply. Here, the manager said, take the bill and change it to 800 bushels. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you into an eternal home. And then here's the key verses we're going to unpack today. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Let me pray one more time before we get into this. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you, Lord, to anoint me to speak today, to preach. God, I just thank you for this calling, and I ask you to empower me. I can do nothing apart from you. We are here to receive from you, Holy Spirit. You are the one that has to speak to us and has to impart to us. We just give you full reign in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, we live in kind of an interesting uh, culture. Some of the mentalities that we kind of adopt or that we tend to embrace. And one of the things that it seems like a, a lot of times in our culture we're conditioned to think is that big is always better. Right. I mean, how many people have heard that phrase, go big or go home? Right. It's like any, if you're going to have it, it might as well be big. The bigger, the better. And it's not that big is not uh, always is not good. It's just that the idea that big is always better is kind of a, of a false notion. I mean, you don't want certain things to be big. Having big feet, that's kind of a that could be a clumsy thing to deal with. Right. Having a big head, kind of hard to get through a doorway. I mean, you think people say, well, you know, I want a big house and I want a big bank account and I want the big job and I want the big reputation. And it's like the bigger, the better. It's, it's just kind of like this mentality that we have a lot in our culture. But I would just ask you today to challenge this. Challenge it for yourself and just let's look at what the, what the Word of God is telling us. Um, 
that big is always better or that or that big is maybe the starting point that we just try to look to get to right away right and i mean i think about even with a church like a, a big a bigger church isn't even necessarily better if it's just big for the sake of big because i would say you you take a church of a thousand people in a city that the church that the city basically is unchanged because of the uh presence of the church there even though it's a big church i'd rather have 10 churches that are a hundred people that are effective and really fulfilling their calling as a church influencing the communities around them so it isn't that big is better necessarily really small and, and small beginnings i should say is really what we're going to look at today and how small beginnings can actually be are really the key to to the kind of influence and growth that we all ultimately want to see in our lives and jesus breaks that down here in this parable he kind of says that you know the key is if you're faithful in little things right if you'll be faithful in the small things then i know that you will be what faithful in the big things and then he gives the inverse of that he says but if you're not faithful or if you're dishonest with the small things then what does that mean that you will not be faithful or you'll be dishonest in the big things so it's kind of like a almost like a formula here is the way i see it that, that jesus is giving us he's saying look the key to growth the key to having more in your life to having more influence or more resources we'll call it is really not about just wanting more wanting big all the time and just feeling like you want to have that the key is taking where we all are which in some way shape or form there's little things in our hand little small beginnings that we're a part of and then re being uh being faithful and then utilizing those resources now to do something significant with them that will ultimately lead to that increase and that growth that God certainly wants to bring to us in our lives. But the thing is, is that the, the blessings of God in abundance, they don't just come before there's been a time of faithfulness with little. Does that make sense? And so Jesus is, is giving this parable here um, to his disciples and he's kind of just I think he's trying to break down or uh, deconstruct maybe a false notion that they have that somehow big is better or big is always going to be better or that we're just looking for the big now without doing something with the little that we already have in our hands if you're with me say I'm with you all right um, so the interesting thing here with this with this servant is that Jesus is actually in a way even though the servant goes about things kind of in a dishonest and, and improper manner he's not praising the dishonesty but he's, he's kind of pointing an arrow and kind of giving props a little bit here if you will to the shrewdness and the wisdom that the that the servant is employing to do something resourceful with what's in his hand right now and he's kind of saying he's like look the, the, the children of the world are, are more wise with just worldly resources a lot of times than, than the children of God tend to be. He's saying, you know, we need to, as children of, of God, as men and women of Christ and young people of Christ, we need 
to be wise and, and stewardly and resourceful with all the things that we are given and the blessings that are in our hand, the small things especially, and to recognize that whatever it is right now, just like with this steward, this servant here, that there is right now actually a level of accountability that Jesus is expecting from us for what we already have in our hands. Isn't that interesting? This servant is like, he's accountable now for what's already been going on and the resources that he's been managing, so to speak, for the master. And so the master's kind of calling him out on it. And it's good sometimes for God to call us out and say, look, let's just, let's just, we'll talk about big later. We'll talk about growth later. Let's figure out where you're at with what I've already given you. Let's take a look at where you've, how you've been able to be resourceful with the little things that, that are already have been passed to you or have been put in your hand at the present time. And so uh, a lot of times we're praying for, for blessings to come and we're praying for increase and we're praying for more. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but, but there's certainly a disconnect if we're praying for that and we're not being faithful and resourceful with what we already have right now. Does it make sense? And so there's a level of accountability and this whole idea of faithfulness and, and stewardship and being shrewd and wise, guys, it has, this is something I learned that it's, man, this is powerful. It really has nothing to do with intentions. We all have great intentions, I think. It actually has, it, where this idea of faithfulness that he's calling this servant out on, it has everything to do with actions. It has everything to do not with what the servant intended to do. I don't think he intended for this day to come. He didn't intend for this debacle to take place, but he's calling him out not on what he was hoping or what he was intending would happen. He's calling him out on what he's actually been doing with the resources that have been in his hands. And so when we're called to be faithful stewards, of what God is giving us, it's good to have good intentions, but we better be following it up with action. Are you with me? Because that's what Jesus, that's what this parable is about. He's examining the actions of the servant, not the intentions of the servant. And so think about it for a second and just kind of let the Lord maybe shine a light on your own life. That's, that's what I am doing here. And I approach this as is like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm sure that there's things in my life, there's blessings, there's resources that you've passed to me that you've put in my hand that I am not honoring you in the way I should. I'm not being resourceful or wise or faithful with these things. And I know that I'm praying for more. I'm praying for increase. I'm praying for the fullness of the blessings of God to come to pass in my life. But let help me, God, to make sure that I'm being faithful with all the little things now because I see here that being faithful with little is really the key to having much, right? And so we see that now. One of the things, so I asked myself, well, what is the key to, why is it that we have to be faithful with little things now? Is it that God just wants to make us wait? Is he just trying to build patience in us? Perhaps. But I think that one of the keys that, that we see in the scriptures 
is that even though we tend to be a little bit more confident in ourselves sometimes than what we ought to be, that I think God understands that we might not actually be ready for the more. We might not actually be ready to handle the increase. Certainly, if we can't be faithful with the little, what's to make the Lord think that we're going to do great things with the big? And it, I mean, that's just a, this is the misconception that we have. We think, oh, if I just had more, I'd be doing X, Y, Z. If I just had more money, if I just had a bigger house, if I just had a better job, if I just had this, 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 it's the idea, the false illusion that we get under sometimes that we can't necessarily do what we want to do or need to do now, but if we just had more, that we would somehow be able to do exactly what it is that we're supposed to do. And the Lord's just saying, boom, I'm breaking that thing down. I'm dismantling that view. Because until you're doing something great with the little things in your hand that you have now, with the resources that are presently at your disposal, I understand you're not ready for the bigger things that I do really want to give you, but you're not going to get them until you're ready for that. He's saying, listen, be, show me and be faithful in the little things now because when the big things come, I know that you'll be able to steward them. I know that you'll be able to be wise with them and resourceful with them. How many people remember that movie? I guess it was back in the 80s, maybe the 90s. Um, A Few Good Men. Does anybody remember that? Yeah, and so there's that famous line from Jack Nicholson. Tom Cruise says, oh, I'm going to try to do it. Tom Cruise said, I want the truth. And Jack Lewis said, you can't handle the truth. Right? You can't handle the truth. He's saying, he's like, I'm not going to give it to you because if I did, you couldn't even handle it. And I don't know. I think about like with God, it's like, give me more, God, give me more, give me more. I want this, this bigger, more, more. God, see, you can't handle the more right now because you're not even doing what you need to do with the little you're not being faithful and stewardly, and you're, you're not growing and multiplying the resources that are already in your hand right now, you know? You want a huge family? Great. Be a great parent where you are now. You, you want a bigger home. You want more money. Whatever it is, God, I, I believe God wants to expand our resources for sure, but I think he's always looking at the present level of faithfulness and stewardship that we're walking in to determine what uh, is appropriate to continue increasing and growing the resources in our hand with. Does it make sense? And so um, you can't handle them more. <laughs> uh, I thought that was cool. But anyway, so I remember, uh, I remember, you know, we've, we always wanted a big family and we thought we'd have three or four. We ended up with six. So somewhere along the line, the Lord saw fit to, to multiply more than we thought. But uh, we had one kid, you know, and when we had one child, there was a level of faithfulness. And, and we just call it stewardship to raising the first child. And even though we wanted more, we, we still needed to be good, godly parents with the one child that we were raising. And I believe that there, as, as the children continue to increase and increase and increase along the years, it was like the level of wisdom and the level of grace that God was putting on us was also increasing. Like at one child, 
that there's no way in that present place that we were in that we were really ready to be parents of six kids. It just, we, there was a gap there, you know? And then we went from one to three with the twins, and then that was a whole nother level of grace, you know? That was really interesting, too, because, you know, that was, you're double-fisted with the pumpkin seats hanging off, and then our oldest, she really still wasn't able to walk in the parking lot, and then you got two diaper bags because you got the twin. It was, it was a fun time. But so we went from one to three, and then to four, and it was like each time, there was a new level of, of grace, I would describe it as, a new level of wisdom that we were able to continue, just God was growing us into, but it was because we continued to walk that path one step at a time as God brought the increase there in our lives. And I think many times that we just kind of, we underestimate the significance of what God is doing with the things that we have now when we're being faithful and resourceful with them and the lessons that we're learning and the wisdom God is imparting so that when we do get to the more, when we do get to the next stages of what God has for us, that there's something of a preparedness and a readiness and a sharpness about us that we are ready for what it is that God wants to do. And so again, we kind of back this thing down really to this, where am, what am I doing with what I have right now? How resourceful and how stewardly am I being in the present time? Because here's what I, I see when I look at the Bible. That resources really are meant to be multiplied. That God really does want to grow the resources that he's given you or will give you at your disposal. Take a look at some of the things that the Bible talks about. It talks about seed. And it talks about seed being grown to multiply, right? One seed produces a plant, and then there's a harvest, but then there's seeds that come out of that, and they go towards the next crop. And I mean, it's not a very long time before that one seed can actually result in an entire harvest of a field. A pretty powerful thing. So the Bible talks about seed and about how the seed multiplies and brings crops ten, a hundredfold. It also talks about talents. Whenever we're talking about the parable of the talents and the money, God says, take the money and do something with it. And the ones that multiplied those resources were the ones that were blessed in that parable. The one that hid the talent in dirt and didn't multiply it, didn't do anything resourceful with it, was the one that was admonished for that. And then we also see the fish and the loaves the resources they had now, and then the Lord multiplying that to provide the needs that were there for the people. So the resources that God is bringing to us, he wants to multiply them. He wants to grow them in our lives. But I believe he wants us to understand that there is a level of accountability and a level of significance that it goes into how are we appreciating and treating and stewarding those things that we are that we have presently in the moment. And so I wanted to do this. Do we, can we hand those out real quick? I had this um, just this little visual that I wanted to give you as we talked about the seed. I don't know where I put mine. Um, and I had I, I just took a little seed and I put them in little Ziploc baggies, and I just wanted everybody to have one, and I would like you to do this. I would like you to just put this in your, your pocket or somewhere like close where you're going to feel it or touch it or see it like every day for just like the next week. And when you grab it, you know, I go down, like get my keys out or whatever, and I'll, I'll feel that seed there, and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's a small seed, but there's significance in that. There's significance in the small, right? I need to be faithful with what I have 
right now? How am I looking at what I have right now? Do I see it as small and insignificant, or do I recognize it as something that has significant potential to be multiplied if I'll be resourceful with it right now with where I am? And so it's just a little something to kind of jog your brain a little bit through the week, but I think it helps to maybe reinforce this message. And so you think about that seed, you know, every little seed, guys, every little seed has the potential to be something significant. When you look, anybody like looking at giant trees? I mean, you see those great big trees, like oak trees and stuff, and you're like, man, that thing is amazing, probably hundreds of years. Did you know every one of those trees started just like something that you're holding in your hand right now? Powerful to think about what can happen if a little seed is given the right treatment and the right resourcefulness and the right level of nurturing that it all has the ability, right, to become something great. And we have a tendency, this is human nature, we have a tendency to sort of look at small things many times as insignificant. We tend to devalue them because of their smallness. And I would just challenge you to think that the Lord is in the small. He's in the small. The Bible says very clearly in Zechariah, it says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Isn't that powerful? That's in Zechariah 4.10. It says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Listen to this. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Hallelujah. He rejoices to see that work in infancy stage being birthed and started. I believe that the Lord looks down and he sees us doing something resourceful and significant with something little and something small. And he just smiles on that. This is where it's talking about when Lord, the, the Bible here where Zechariah or Zerubbabel the, uh, was rebuilding the temple. He said Z Zerubbabel actually started the, the process of the beginning work and he will also lay the capstone upon it. What does that mean? It means that Zerubbabel begun this work by just being faithful with the little things and the small things where it needed to start. But that the Lord was going to make sure that Zerubbabel saw the thing grow to full maturity and saw it in its fruition of completeness and wholeness in the bigness and the vastness that it was always intended to be along the way. But if, if Zerubbabel would have been all about the big thing, I'll come back when it's big, I'll get back here, I'll put that capstone on the end. There was something just missing about that. There was a disconnect there. He's saying, look, the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not, do not despise the day of small beginnings. And we can do that, guys, can't we? We can kind of like just look at something little and small and just think it's insignificant. It's insignificant. It's, it's just it's not a lot of potential in it. Can I tell you something? Any resource that God puts in your hand, he'll give you a vision for it if you'll ask him for it. But if you're going to ask him for it, you first have to acknowledge it and recognize it and say there's something powerful in the small. God, help me to have a vision for what to do. Lead me and guide me so that I can be faithful and stewardly in the little thing that will grow into a big thing over time. 
our, my kids, they have more fun playing with sticks and, and plates and, I, I mean, little like things that you would never even think of. But the things that they can create in their mind that they're doing with that. Like, I mean, there's castles and, and all kinds of stuff going on out there. And it's just a bunch of sticks and rocks, guys. We think we need all these grand fancy toys, you know. Oh, that'll help them. They'll really get creative. Can I tell you something? Thank God for kids, the lessons that we learn. I see more creativeness, more ingenuity, more brilliance coming out of kids when they're playing with sticks and rocks than something that's grand and extravagant. They're, they understand that there's so much in the little and in the small. I just, there anything that God puts in your hand whether we see it as little or not, has significant purpose and God has a significant vision that involves increase and multiplication. If we will just allow ourselves to see and ask God to lead us in how we are stewarding that. I mean, if you think about a, a, a child or um, a seed or whatever, when you examine like the, the genetic structure of those things, whether it's a little bitty small seed or whether it's a full-grown tree, you can cut into that and you can see the same genetic, whatever you call that, structure, right? You can see the same molecules and the same atoms and all that. And you can tell that it's that oak tree if you cut into it and it's 400 years old or if you cut into one of its seeds, you can still see the same thing. Oh, hallelujah. If you look at the grandness and the bigness of things, you can see God's hand upon that in someone's life. But let me tell you something. If you cut right into it on the small level and you looked at it the way God looks at it, you'd see the same spiritual DNA of purpose and multiplication and growth and resources and everything divine about what God intends to do through that thing. It's significant in its smallest, most reduced form in the way that we view it. And that ought to give us a compelling reason to look at the things in our hand, look at the things in our lives and say, it's not by accident that I am where I am. I'm not supposed to be five levels ahead of where I'm at right now, even though I might think I am. God knows where I'm at. How resourceful, how wise, how stewardly am I being with the things that are presently in my life right now? And the beautiful thing is, is that God will use that to grow you into a place where it's just a consistent level of increasing in your life. I totally believe, it's like, it's almost like a formula that God lays out. Faithful with little is faithful with much. What else does he say? He says in Luke chapter 12, verse 48, for to everyone who much is given from him, much will be required. Hallelujah. And to him, much who has been committed of him, they will ask the more. Guys, if God's going to give us increase, if he's going to put more resources into our hands, he needs us to be prepared. He needs us to be ready. He needs us to have levels of wisdom and experience that we are uh, receiving. How? By being faithful along the way with things in their littlest form and watching them continue to grow and increase in our lives over time. Amen.
Stand your feet with me. I want to close with this. You know, kids, I mean, you look at a child, nothing tells this more than that. There's children, I was just reading this article of a seven-year-old who had a good friend that was struggling with some sort of a blood disease or diabetic disease, and he wanted to do something about it. Now, a lot of people would say, oh, that's really cute, that's great, that's really sweet, young man. You know, that kid went out and wrote a book about that condition. He called it uh, the chocolate bar or something like that. And that book has raised $750,000 towards that young man's cause. You think there isn't power in the small? I mean, we need to get rid of this, maybe this false mentality sometimes, this improper lens that we see things through that like somehow small can't, isn't, isn't huge. Small is big in the eyes of God, right? It's just a process that we go through. And it's, it's easy, guys, to see God in the big things. It is. Agreed, granted, given, totally, we're all in the same place with that. I mean, when Jesus comes back on the white horse and the heavens rip open and he comes riding in, nobody's going to miss that. You know? It's easy to see God in the big things. But just as much as God is in the big things, he is also in the small things. There's a reason why Elijah had to learn the lesson when he was in the wilderness, that God wasn't in the fire or the earthquake or the wind, but that he was in the still, small voice. God is in the little things, the small things. It's really just a matter of if we can see it or not. And my prayer today is that God will help us to see his hand and his purpose, his design, in the little things that I guarantee you exist in your life right now. This is one of the things, it's easier to see sometimes in other people's life than your own, right? But you look at people, you're like, oh, God's here, oh, God's there. Oh, you you spend five minutes with people. And and most of us that love the Lord, we could spend five minutes and we could just show them how they're blessed right now and how there's all kinds of things that God could use and do in their life right now. We got to see it that way for ourselves too. I've told this story before, and, and so forgive me if, You've heard it, but I'm kind of getting like Pastor Rick. I don't even remember the stories I've told anymore, you know. It's only been two years. Oh, my God. So, but our kids, when when we put them to bed at night, they're like master delayers, you know. I mean, it's like every question that didn't get asked through the day gets saved for bedtime. I mean, and and they've got all these things, and it's like, and my, my thought process for a while uh, is it, you know, they're just trying to stretch this thing out. They just don't want to go to bed. And there is an element of that. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, again, my wife, I, I pointed this out last week about her being right. And somebody was like, I can't believe you said that. I'm like, what? Is that really how you, I mean, I beat her in a lot of things, but she's right a lot too, you know, but she was just, we were talking and I'm like, you know, these kids, they just, they want to ask all these questions right at bedtime. You know, they want to save them all up. They want to stretch it out. They want to delay. And she's like, you know, babe, She's like, you need to look at it like this. They want to talk to you about the little things that are happening in their life right now. You have an opportunity right now to do something with that. And do you know, she said, that if you 
will spend the time now talking to them about the little things in their life. They will trust you in the future to come with the big things. And it just hit me, this message, faithful and little, faithful and much. To him who much is given, much is required.